a high short kick that is going to come up and bounce at the 20. Rutgers has a chance to recover it, and they do! What a play by the Scarlet Knights! Get it to Harper with three, with two, with one. Harper for the win! Got it! Down and 10 at the 21. Wimson hands it off. It's Benunga getting to the corner left. 20, 15, catching to 10. Benunga down near the goal line. He is in! Touchdown, Rutgers! Now with six. Baker making his move with five. Step back three for the lead. All right, welcome back to the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I'm Aaron Brightman coming to you quite a bit, uh, quite a bit hours past Rutgers' very disappointing performance and loss to Mississippi State on Saturday, December 23rd. I had a family thing all day and into the night, uh, you know, kids and everything. And uh, it's just about uh, close uh, after nine o'clock and um, wanted to touch on what ha- what happened today and what it kind of means moving forward. Obviously, this is a golden opportunity for Rutgers to uh, earn a quad one non-conference win in a neutral game. And they really came out with urgency, with energy, with focus. They were hot. Then they got cold. But Mississippi State got colder. They were up 20 to 15. And... I believe they held Mississippi State. It was about seven minutes without a field goal. And Rutgers could not extend the lead. And I I just honestly felt in that moment that was going to be a missed opportunity within the game of a game that turned out to be a complete missed opportunity. But they needed to build on that lead. They, They had momentum. They had the home crowd. They were playing with purpose. They were locked in defensively, and then they went cold. And, you know, Andre Hyatt hit that buzzer shot at halftime to tie the game. But Rutgers came out in the second half, and they were disjointed. They were not connected. Uh, They were dominated on the boards. And, I mean, they were dominated on the boards in the first half, but Rutgers was able to compensate. You know, they forced some turnovers. Um, But really – Disappointing. And I think one thing that's been different about this team is we've seen them when they lose, they're getting outworked. And in the past, that wasn't the case most of the time. Rutgers would have terrible shooting nights, right? Which they did again today. But we haven't seen them get outworked this way. Uh, you know, they, they've gotten out rebounded before, but not this much in terms of one-sided, um, you know, and, and, and it didn't look, it looked like the team kind of conceded things down the stretch, you know, and that was really disappointing. Uh, a big difference in the game was that Mississippi state, you know, attacked the rim more relentlessly. Uh, they were, um, you know, they struggled converting layups. They were just six to 20. They were uh, 11 of 26 layups and dunks, but they forced the action and they got to the foul line. They got 26 free throws. They made 22 of them. That was a huge advantage in the game. Rutgers was 11 of 14. Rutgers is finally a game that, you know, they they were solid inside. They were 12 of 20 on dunks and layups. And 
They were 8 of 25 on all other two-point shot attempts. They missed a ton of mid-range jumpers. Derek Simpson really struggled with that. I didn't think, you know, they took a lot of bad shots per se, but I thought it kind of summed up one side was willing to, you know, go all out physically, impose their will, mix it up. And Rutgers kind of looked like a finesse team that wasn't physical on the glass. And rather than create uh, contact at the rim, you know, pulled up for, for mid-range and they were ice cold. So, you know, they, they struggled from three again. I think the flow of the offense though, was a little bit off. They weren't sharing the basketball as much as they needed to. And they weren't hunting threes in the sense of, you know, there were three of 17, but, you know, like Noah Fernandez didn't have a three-point shot attempt. And that can't happen. That can't happen. Gavin Griffiths and, you know, he was 0 of 3. But Fernandez and Griffiths only had seven shots each. And aside from Andre Hyatt, who we'll get to in a minute, Griffiths and Fernandez are your best perimeter scorers, you know, and they only taking seven shots each, you know, when, when Derek Simpson was three of 14, I mean, I, listen, I really like Derek Simpson, I've had him on the podcast before I've interviewed him, you know, otherwise. And, uh, it's, he's, he's had it. He's had a really tough season. I think, you know, if you look at where Rutgers is right now, um, a big reason why at seven and four is that you know Derek Simpson hasn't taken the leap that he needed to take for this team to take that next step. And you know, in losses this year, he's really struggled. Uh he's six of twenty-six from the floor. Um, excuse me, six six of twenty-six from two point range, one of six from three. So he's seven of thirty-two from the floor. In the four losses, that's 21.9%. That's uh, that's rough. Now, listen, he had six assists to one turnover today. That was better. He did kind of, you know, he did a good job, I thought, of looking for his teammates. That's something he's improving on. Uh, he had some steals. He had, um, did he have, what do you have rebound-wise? Um, but I, I thought that uh, he had um, four rebounds, two steals, you know, he actually was plus, he was in the plus minus, he was plus four, was it? Um, you know, so he wasn't, uh, he offered the team positives in some ways, but his shooting as a whole, where they needed that offense, um, he hasn't been able to give it in losses. And that's been part of the problem. Uh, yeah, it was plus 11. Uh, Moat Mag was plus four. And uh, Wolf was uh, plus one. Everybody else was in the negative. Um so they've really needed Simpson to take that next step, and he hasn't. And Cliff has uh, regressed. Uh, he had zero rebounds tonight. In, his, in the four losses, he's averaged six and a half points, four and a half rebounds. He was in a lot of foul trouble today. Um, you know, just three shot attempts. Rutgers needs Cliff to be Cliff. You know, we saw the positives of that against Seton Hall, and we saw the negatives of that today. When he's not assertive, when he's not aggressive in a controlled way, um, you know, Mississippi State was really good inside. Uh, they, um, you know, had quite the presence uh, in terms of uh, how they controlled the glass. I mean, it was plus twenty-one on the glass. 
uh, you had um, it was pretty much dominant from the beginning. I mean, uh, Bell was just unbelievable. Uh, 17 points, 18 rebounds. Matthews had 18 points, 11 rebounds. They had four guys, five or more rebounds. Um, 47 to 26 is just brutal. Um, turnovers, you know, Rutgers forced 14 turnovers. I thought they did fairly well against the press. They only turned it over eight times. But, you know, points off of turnovers, Rutgers just had a 15-14 edge. So Mississippi State took advantage of the Rutgers turnovers, and Rutgers did not take advantage of Mississippi State's turnovers enough. Um, you know, transition points, fast breaks, Rutgers had a 12-7 edge. Mississippi State's pretty good in transition. So Rutgers, you know, slowed them down to that degree, but Rutgers didn't have enough in transition. A big part of that is they didn't work any rebounds. Um, you know, they got 18 bench points. I mean, uh, I mentioned Griffiths. He did have nine points. He was three of seven. He was three of three from the free throw line, which is good because he's been shooting under 50%, but just over three from, from three. I wanted to talk about Andre Hyatt. So he had 18 points, six rebounds. Um, he's been the most consistent player on Rutgers this year. If everybody played with the toughness uh, of Andre Hyatt, this team would be better. And you know, Andre Heights received this fair share of criticism through the years, and 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 I, you know, have criticized him as well, just in terms of, you know, he has a tendency to take bad shots. Um, you know, he's had games where he kind of, you know, he, he doesn't stop shooting when he's not on. Um, but he has shown real growth this year. He's shown maturity. Uh, he's been uh, a leader. He's been very tough. He's resilient. If, if this team was as resilient as Andre Hyatt, they would be better. Um, and he showed it again today, you know, and he 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 got that three at the buzzer. Um, he has had very good court awareness, I think. I think that's actually improved. I don't think that's an easy thing to do at your, that stage of your career. Um, he's just – he's been on. He's been mentally on. You know, the first game of the season, he was bad. Against Princeton, uh, he really struggled, and I was – nervous that he hadn't taken that step that kind of heard that he did but he's been very good in every other game since he's only scored less than eight points in any other game um you know he he's got the best offensive rating of his career it's not even close uh he's at 110 um which is uh yeah he's at 110 he's uh i mean lsu one year he was over that but his usage was far below he was at like 32.8 percent minutes this year he's at 70 percent. he's a 110 rating uh, you know, he's uh, just 280th nationally in turnover rate, uh, top 500 in block rate. He's shooting 37% from three, 22 of 59. He's in the top 500 nationally. He has been, you know, he's only got that many threes today. It was three of six. He's been everything we Rutgers needed him to be. And there's not a lot of other guys you could say that about. And Andre Hyde deserves a lot of credit for that, a lot of praise. Uh, so wanted to make sure I said that, um, just in terms of, um, Fernandes and Griffiths, I mentioned, uh, you know, Mississippi state just, they were bigger, they were stronger, they were more physical. They looked like they wanted it more. They can, they did impose their will in the second half. And right now, I mean, listen, it's no secret. It, the reality is Rutgers is not an NCAA tournament team as of Christmas 2023. Uh, they don't have the look. They don't have the resume. Now, 
is that reason to jump bait, you know, to, to jump ship and just, you know, the wait till next year mentality, which has been online a little bit today, actually more than a little bit. Uh, no, that stinks. I hate that. Um, college basketball is a crazy, crazy world. And, uh, you know, there's some variables here. I mean, you know, Jeremiah Williams could be eligible in January. Uh, Emmanuel Agbol, uh, you know, is is nearing a return from his ACL. And will bolster the front court uh, in terms of uh, coming off the bench uh, behind Cliff. Might allow Wolf to, to do a little few different things there. Um, so, Mag just played his third game. You know, he, he struggled tonight. He only had one rebound. Um, so Mag and Cliff are completely neutralized. Uh, he did score a little bit. He, he shot a lot. He was three of 10. Um, so, you know, he's, uh, like I said, he, he's still trying to get back into it. Uh, he had eight points, but, um, yeah, not a factor on the boards, which is a problem. He, he defensively, um, you know, he, he just, he, it wasn't his best game and, uh, he's still gelling, you know, Jermichael Davis was quiet tonight. Um, so it certainly isn't – this team hasn't given us reason for optimism that they're going to you know, be there in March when we hope they would be. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's too early to give up on this team. It just is. And they have a break now with Christmas. Um, they're off for three days. And they have some time here. You know, they have Stonehill next Saturday. And then you open up Big Ten play. You know, you're at Ohio State at Iowa. Home to Indiana. You got to win two of those three. You know, now you're looking at, you know, if they beat Stonehill, which they should, they'll finish eight and three in non-conference. Not awful, but of their four big uh, neutral court road games, three of which are against high majors, um, and then Princeton, they were one and three. So not great. And I think they need to win at least probably 12 big 10 games it always depends like, you know, the met, the, the mix, like who you beat, who you lost to. But um, yeah, they're, they're going to need to take advantage of a soft big 10 this year and get better quick uh, physically. You know, there's a concern there on the glass. Um, you know, the other thing about defensively today is that in the second half, when they kept missing shots, they, 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 they lost their intensity and that that was that was disturbing you know in the first half they had the intensity even when they they struggled offensively second half they lost it and that is alarming you know they, they they're I mean there's you know they're top 20 efficiency defense but they played their competition hasn't been there yet and uh it's disappointing to see a Steve Peichel team um you know peter out defensively not be competitive on the glass. You know, it's one thing that we're used to seeing poor shooting, right? But uh, to see those other things, that is um, concerning, you know, and a little upsetting. And uh, they they have time to figure it out, but they got to figure it out soon. You know, the clock is ticking because if they don't figure it out by mid-January, um, you know, the NIT would be probably the ceiling for this season. So, I don't get, you know, anger. I don't get uh, people wanting to write this team off. Uh, again, expectations going into this season. You know, I, I, I wouldn't say it was a rebuilding year, but I, I, I believed and I still believe this team can compete for an NCAA tournament bid. They just have to change their identity. 
You know, they're not going to be able to change personnel overnight. They might pick up a couple guys, like I said. Um, but the wings and guards, you know, aren't rebounding. And their best rebounder, defender inside, you know, has a tendency to, to, to have some games that, you know, he's not dominant like they need him to be. And, uh, you know, guard play has been uh, up and down, up and down. And uh, we'll see what happens here. Like I said, they uh, Ohio State and Iowa on the road to start 2024. They'll have Stonehill on Saturday. I'll certainly do a basketball-related podcast before their next game. And um, I'm still optimistic this team can make a run. It's fair to say right now they don't look like they have it in them. But college basketball is too early. And if any program taught us that you can't give up, uh, it's this Rutgers team from two years ago. I get the personnel is different. I get, you know, a lot's different. But at the same time, um, there is a path to see this team evolve in a way that they can still be good. And there's going to be some soul searching over Christmas. You know, they, they have to they have to independently really decide what they want this season to be. Thank you for listening and watching the Scarlet Faithful podcast once again.